I remember catching fireflies. Or rather, I remember trying to catch fireflies. Lightning bugs, we called them in Iowa. Same thing, right? We moved to Cedar Rapids, Iowa when I was seven years old. The house we moved into had what seemed to me at the time a huge backyard with a monstrous weeping willow tree on one side and a border of woodsy, grassy, undeveloped land on the other that stood between us and the Hy-Vee supermarket up the hill and on the corner. When we had company, or sometimes it would just be the neighbors informally gathering in the evening, the adults would sit in our backyard around the picnic table and an outer ring of chairs, and we kids would move deeper into our backyard to play whatever games we came up with. Two of my favorite games revolved around two of my favorite creatures who also seemed to like our backyard, bats and lightning bugs. Now with the bats, we would take a softball or an apple or whatever was at hand that was vaguely softball-like and tie it up in an old rag or towel or t-shirt and calculating the bat's trajectory, those quick, flitting, flashing, unnerving shadows against the evening sky, we would attempt to throw the said ragtied softball in front of the bat and watch the creature follow it down to the ground, which would in some cases be breathtakingly close to ourselves. The drama, of course, grew in the telling. I felt it brush my arm. I didn't. It went right at me. I had to duck. It didn't. I could have reached out and grabbed it. Now, I would no more reach out and grab a bat than, well, than you would, probably. But it was fun. I didn't actually join in this game until I was older and could throw a t-shirt tied softball to the proper height. But I remember watching and marveling and looking forward to throwing the softball that high and maybe being the first to actually catch a bat. A less energetic activity, yet somehow even more mysterious and one that I was able to join in on from the moment I first saw the curious blinking lights flying around in the darker regions of our backyard was catching lightning bugs. Trying to catch lightning bugs. When I first began this endeavor, I would reach out and just try to grab them. Then I would hold my fingers tight not wanting to let it go when I was certain that I had captured the firefly and I would carefully peek through my fingers, watching for the blinking glow that would assure me it was there. And finally, I would open my hand and realize, nope, I didn't catch it after all. At the end of the night, my palm would ache from where my own fingers dug in desperately, holding on to a light that wasn't there. When I finally did catch one in this crude manner, the results were even more disheartening as I found upon unclenching my fingers that the lightning bug was there but injured by my over-enthusiastic entrapment and the blinking light sat tragically on my palm, unable to fly. 
Eventually, I learned more sophisticated means of catching these creatures with cupped palms and jars, but that carried the inevitable question, if the point is to watch the lightning bugs, to watch them do what they do, why not just let them be? I was no scientist. I was no Edward O. Wilson or Norman Scott, eager to write down my observations of the Iowa Firefly in journals. And believe me, I applaud and appreciate those people who do that and share their findings and insights and discoveries with the rest of us. I was just not motivated to that level of observation. I just thought they were cool. So let them be cool. But I've been reflecting on these experiences in light of the whole process of letting go. A process which life seems to be trying to teach me again and again. I am maybe not alone in having these lessons come up in my life quite often. I remember that little kid I was straining to hold on to what, once I opened my fingers, was not there at all. And I find now that much of what I hold on to tightly, much of which, which I need to let go of, is not something. It is literally nothing. I think, for example, that if I structure things just so and then hold tightly to my plan, I will have some control over other people's actions. Hey, not in a weird authoritarian sort of way, but simply influencing them to make the choices that I know are for their own good. I think that if I navigate the waters of chance in a particularly skilled manner and proceed with a pure heart, holding on to the good advice of others and the hard lessons of my experience, that I will have some control over how everything turns out, that I can create the result of which I dream. I think that once finding the secrets of love and joy and happiness, that I will be able to grab them and hold them and have them available to me when I need them, that I will be able to unclench my fingers and open my hand and the light will shine forth. And so I loosen my hold, my fingers straighten, and there in the center of my palm is nothing. I'm not really letting go of something. I'm letting go of the illusion of something. I remember hearing a person say in a recovery meeting, I am giving up controlling other people. <laughs> and I remember thinking, no, you're not giving up control. You're giving up the illusion of control. And I'm sure all of those people in your life thank you. And of course, snotty as my thoughts were, the realization was not about this other person. It was about me. Realizing that so much of what I think I'm holding on to is really not there at all. The lightning bug is not there. The crabby woman is not really on my back. The powers over life that I imagine I have, I don't really have. You see, sometimes I approach letting go as if it's a choice. It's not. Trust me, you will let go. Witness 
all of our recent memorial services. That is the truth about life and death. Letting go is part of the deal. One of the things I love about the lyrics of our closing hymn today and the reason that I included it in the readings from a beautiful long poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson, Mourning the Death of a Good Friend, entitled In Memoriam. I love the way it brings this truth home. The year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let it die. The year is going. Let it go. Ring out the false Ring in the true. Do you hear that? The year is dying. No choice. The year is going. No choice. But there is a choice in being mindful of these truths, in raising our awareness, in our active acceptance. The year is dying. Let it die. The year is going. Let it go. Ring out the false, all of those thoughts I have about what I think I can control and ring in the true that I have no choice but to let go. However, I can choose to embrace that truth with all of the grace and gratitude I can muster. The full poem that provided the words to this hymn and the words in our reading includes another passage with which you may be familiar. I hold it true, whate'er befall, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Tis better to have loved and lost. Here's the truth. If you love, you will experience loss. You will lose the relationship you begin with as it grows and changes. You will experience separation. You will be hurt. You will encounter your own vulnerability. You will say goodbye at various times in various ways, but you will. You will have to say goodbye eventually and across time to all that you love. You will let go. No choice. Along the way, you may learn about letting go, about how to best engage with the inevitable process of letting go. That's a choice. Better to have loved and lost. Better to have loved even with the awareness of what will be lost. There is no other way to do it. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things, says Mary Oliver. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. And if we don't learn to let go with grace and intention, if we grasp too tightly, we can damage the light that exists, just as I crippled that lightning bug in my palm. I remember a beautiful reflection from philosopher J. Krishnamurti about happiness. And I am paraphrasing here, so forgive whatever doesn't sound 
Krishnamurti like. But as I recall, he said that once we become conscious of the fact that we are happy, we are no longer happy. That the realization, I am happy now, invariably brings with it a host of other thoughts such as, soon this event will be over, or these people will have to leave, or this particular experience will have to end, and what then? I'm happy now, but how will I be able to keep on being happy? How will I capture this recipe for happiness such that I will never have to lose it? How can I be happy when it is so clear how fleeting this happiness is? If only I knew I could recreate this, then I could be happy. (coughs) And now I have only the memory of being happy a feeble flickering light in my palm that will no longer fly. All because I tried to trap it. When I could be enjoying the wondrous display of the multitudes of lightning bugs all around me in the dark of the evening. Look at the first hymn we sang. Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning. Mine? Really? They are mine only by realizing that they are decidedly not mine. Not mine to own, not mine to control, not mine to hold on to. Daylight is good at arriving at the right time, as George Harrison sang, and it happens quite independently of me. And I sometimes get to bear witness slow down enough to notice, quiet my anxiety about everything else enough to be present. Mine is the sunlight. Mine is the morning. I only get to have them when I am grounded in the realization that I can never have them. And that can be painful, yes. To know that love brings loss. To know that I can't stop time when I am happy. To realize that I control a mere fraction of the things that I've convinced myself that I control. But there is also a great freedom that awaits me, even amidst the sorrow and the pain. A freedom. Love liberates Maya Angelou says, it doesn't just hold, that's ego. Love liberates. It doesn't bind. A freedom. Ring out, wild bells, to the wild, wild sky, the flying cloud, the frosty light. The year is dying in the night. Ring out, wild bells, and let it die. Ring out the old, ring in the new, ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let it go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. 